first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware. Today, we will be talking about Peter Pan and Wendy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Greatest American Baking Show, and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among the Thieves, as well as Knights of the Zodiac, as well as speaking to Dominic about his trip to the Galapagos Islands. Right now, we are going to talk to Carly about Peter Pan and Wendy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So I got a chance to see this film myself. I absolutely loved it. For people who don't know or haven't watched it yet, what is Peter Pan and Wendy about? So this follows, the live action remake follows um, the classic tale of Peter Pan and Wendy. So Peter Pan brings Wendy and her brothers on an adventure to Neverland, where they encounter the Lost Boys, Tiger Lily, and Captain Hook, and even the Crocodile. Throughout the film, there is a lot of um, action and adventure, and we... I really liked how we got to see a different side of Captain Hook. It made it really interesting. Definitely was a very creative, very well-adapted film that they were able to make. And yes, so exactly. Yeah, and so for you personally, have you seen like the original or the other adaptations of this film? I've seen the original and the other adaptations, but I watched them a while ago. Okay, well, since you, uh, like you said, like you did watch them, like how do you feel this specific film did in comparison to the other ones or just even standing alone? I liked how it did follow the storyline, but they added a lot more to it, which kept the viewer entertained. And we got to really see more of Neverland, even though we didn't explore a lot of the places that were captured in the original movie. I really liked, again, how Captain Hook's side of the story was explained a little more. So what about Peter Pan and Wendy do you think will be most interesting for kids and make them enjoy it? I think, again, going back to it, I think that it'll be the most interesting because it just explores more of Neverland. It goes more in depth. It gives the viewers something more to look forward to besides just full on going exactly with the storyline of the original one. I think it makes it more suspenseful for the viewers. It is like, in a sense, a new story, but at the same time, it's something where kids who are watching it now will feel like, oh, this is so amazing. Like it's introduced to a new generation, but then at the same time, fans of the original will still not feel like it was changed too much. Yes, exactly. So what was your personal favorite like scene from this movie? Oh, yes. So my favorite scene was when Wendy is taken captive on Captain Hook's pirate ship. And he forces her to walk the plank. I thought that that scene was very suspenseful and really kept me wondering what was going to happen. So can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on the casting and overall acting in this film? I loved the casting. The acting was incredible. The actors really brought their characters to life. And I really felt the magic of Peter Pan. I know Peter Pan was delivered his lines and everything amazing he really felt like peter pan i think the casting was amazing yeah and i was actually uh not really surprised but more of that i loved 
how like I actually have uh, a book of like Disney stories and one of the stories in there is Peter Pan. So I loved seeing how they made it very diverse and very mm-hmm. different from how it originally appears. So like in the original, uh, the family, they all had uh, like Wendy and her brothers. They all had blonde hair yeah. uh, and even like Peter Pan, of course, looked different. Sorry. He, of course, looked different. So I like how they went with more of a very diverse take, even making Tinkerbell Black, uh, Yara Shahidi. I love her and her work. So I love that they did that. Yes, she did an amazing job. Yeah, she really did. So what did you learn from watching Peter Pan and Wendy? Um, The message that I took away from it was to not fear and be scared about the future. Um, Even though the unknown can be scary, um, it comes with new adventures that are just as exciting and not to dwell on the past because the future is bright. Yeah, I would have to agree. That is definitely a message that you can take away. Do you feel like that's a message that you personally could connect with? Yes, it is, especially since soon I'm going off to college. So that is a congrats. Thank you. So that is new. But with that comes... Again, new exciting adventures. So can you talk about, uh, just sorry for like one last question, like (laughs) what your star rating and your age recommendation would be for this movie and where can we find it? Yes. So I gave Peter Pan and Wendy four out of five stars. I thought it was a great live action remake. Um, And I recommended it to ages eight to 18. And it released on April 28th. and it's exclusively on disney plus yes well like that i watched it i loved it to everyone listening to this make sure that you guys watch peter pan and wendy just from what carly said about it and from my personal experience it's amazing make sure you watch it especially with your families yes well thank you for speaking with me about it carly thank you for having me You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Peter Pan and Wendy. Now, we will talk to Catherine about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing great. So, me personally, I love anything Marvel. I've heard a lot about this film, so tell us about it. Yeah, I would have to agree. I love Marvel for the most part. But um, So, this movie switches between uh rockets uh so played by bradley cooper uh his backstory and then the guardian's mission to save rocket star lord slash peter quill Groot, nebula drax and mantis are all on the adventure and also the new gamora uh, but she isn't the same gamora that we knew which is kind of sad sometimes um but basically it just follows like uh, the Guardian's mission to save Rocket and then Rocket's backstory. So can the Guardian save Rocket and the galaxy in time? Watch to find out. <laughs> yes, well, I'll have to say just from your description of it and even seeing the trailer for it, it seems super upbeat. I feel like they even uh, showed something about a ride, like a Guardian of the Galaxy's ride that they were promoting with it, <laughs> which seemed yeah. pretty cool. So they are just hyping this movie up. So how good of a job do you personally feel that the Marvel did uh, the Marvel team did with creating this new addition to the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? I think that they did a really good job. It's honestly a bit different than the other two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They were the first two were more funny and lighthearted, but this one 
as well as being funny still, of course, uh, it's also very much of an emotional journey. And I, I like really connected with the characters and yeah, it was just kind of emotional. And I think that they did a really good job of showing how bonded that, uh, the guardians are and how much like they will do for each other. So can you talk about the specific connection to the MCU that was presented in the film? Because I I know, especially with a lot of other Marvel movies, they tend to connect it back to the Avengers movies or other things that happened in the MCU. Yeah, so I think that um, this kind of connects. It it happens after, obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but also after the uh, last two Avengers movies. Right. So that's how it kind of connects to it. I think that this one is more of like a a spin-off kind of um but it is important like all the same. Uh I just think that this one it's not like well it's significant but it's not like an Avengers movie I guess I would say. So it just kind of goes off of what happens and then just you get to explore their characters and also the future of the Guardians of the Galaxy and like what will happen to them after this movie. So this movie has some famous actors doing very amazing and unique acting performances. Can you talk about how you feel they did in this film? I think that all of the cast is just on point. Uh, Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt. I think he's perfect. Like, I've never seen a role that's been this good for Chris Pratt. And in my mind, whenever I see Chris Pratt in something in the future or something that he's done, I'm always like, oh, Star-Lord, you know? um yeah i also think that rocket even though he's like completely cgi like uh kudos to the cgi team for making him as realistic as a talking raccoon who was like modified um i just it makes me believe that he's like real and he's there and he's acting with the actors um and i really enjoy drax uh because whenever he's on screen he's just he's really sweet and funny yeah yeah. And for one last question, what age recommendation and star rating do you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I give it four out of five stars, and I would recommend it for ages 12 to 18 plus adults. Uh, and Marvel fans and Guardians of the Galaxy fans will definitely love it. Yes. Well, all right. Thank you so much, Catherine, for speaking with me. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Sanders from Delaware, and you are listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
for teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware, and you are listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Peter Pan and Wendy. Right now, we are going to talk to Dominic about his trip to the Galapagos Islands. How are you today? Good, how are you, Tiana? I'm doing great. I am super excited to speak with you about this. This is very new for me, uh, doing this radio show, speaking about this. So just to start off, talk to us about your trip to the Galapagos Islands. Well, we decided to take this trip as a part of our world schooling program. And also because we've always had a huge interest in Charles Darwin. You've heard of him, right? Uh, I be- You said Charles Darwin? Charles Darwin, correct. Yes, I have. Uh, so we ha- always had a huge interest in Charles Darwin and his theories on adaptations. And the Galapagos Islands is where he conducted most of his research and studied every different species and how they evolved to this different climate. Wow, that's pretty cool. I did not know that. So it was like a fun trip, but it was also educational. Yeah, um, we went there and we went for science and history. We learned a lot about culture and about science. We learned about all the adaptations. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And I was actually going to touch on uh, the culture. So what were some of the cultural aspects that you noticed while being there? Um, well, Ecuador was mainly where it was. So all the culture, it was, ve- it was very based on family. In the Galapagos, we were just walking down the street and we seen the entire community come together. They had an entire soccer game going. All the dogs were out and they had barbecues. Everyone was gathering around, going to the restaurants that were open, and everyone was just having a fun time. It was, it was like over one thousand people there at least. Mm. Wow, that sounds like a very interesting experience. I love the family aspect that you brought up about it. Yeah, everyone was just so connected. Man, that's really cool. I love that. So, what was your personal favorite part about being there? So my personal favorite part, so I did love the culture, but seeing the different species there, we took many trips. We went snorkeling twice and we stayed at a hotel called Iguana Crossing and we went right down to the beach. We had a beach right next to it and it lived up to its name. There were Iguanas Crossing and they were huge. They were like wow. the big was like three feet long and they were all, they had an entire schedule. They went into the mangroves in the morning and during the afternoon when during the low tide, they would go feast on the lava rock that's just sitting right out. Hmm. 
That sounds really like really cool. Honestly, you're making me want to go. That that definitely sounds really cool. Yeah, sounds like it. So, what do you feel like was just that one thing that made you love that trip? Well, the reason we went is because of seeing all different species, including the blue-footed boobies, uh, the fin uh, the ground finches, which really interesting. Their beaks are different. They had to adapt to uh, to different uh, to different food there, and their beaks are much longer than the ones that you usually see at home. Um, we also seen domes and saddleback tortoises. Uh, do you know who Lonesome George is? Uh, I have heard of. Him. Lonesome George was a saddleback tortoise that had much longer limbs than a normal saddleback tortoise, and mm -hmm. he was the last of a species. He was. Uh, a pinta tortoise, he called it. on Pinta Island. They found him. He was all alone, last of his species, and they and they preserved his preserved his body on Santa Cruz Island, and it was trapped behind glass. So they had to decontaminate you when walking into the building. Yeah, that's. I mean, those are some interesting facts. Like I said, I've heard of them, but that's actually like really a really interesting fact. Yeah. So can you just like I actually got a chance to like. Uh, look up a little bit about the Galapagos Islands before this and just seeing the pictures. I mean, it looks really beautiful. So can you talk about, in a sense, the difference of you being there? Because, of course, like, America is very different. We don't have, uh, well, depending on where you live, we don't have, like, all that water and just all the clearness the islands. Can you talk about, in a sense, the difference between being home in America versus your experience there? Well, first of all, it, had, it was much more beautiful. I've seen so many environmental things I've never seen before. There are five different types of mangroves there, and all the animals were so uh, were so like friendly that you can go get so close to them. I got probably a foot away from a marine iguana, and I I touched the tortoise. Didn't mind you even touching them. Um, so I just quickly just touched and went, <laughs> and. <laughs> And um, it's so eco-friendly there. You, so one heading there, we were on a taxi boat, and there were just there's one piece of trash in the um, middle of the lake when you're going there. The driver right. went all the way out just to pick it up. I mean, everyone just cares mm. so much about that place. They every trash they see, they pick it up. So that's a huge wow. difference between here in America and the Galapagos Islands. And it's and most of the islands there are uninhabited. There's about 128 islands there in total, and only four of them are, wow. ha are habitable. Wow, that's definitely a big difference. And I love hearing the fact of, of course, before you talked about like the family aspect, but also seeing that, like you said, like they went all the way out just to pick up that piece of trash. Like we need some of the culture and the aspects of the Galapagos Islands here in America. Yeah, because everyone there cares about their uh, where they uh, their environment and where they live. I didn't see one piece of trash or maybe a couple of wrappers here and there, but you, I see nothing else, and everyone just picks it up. That's incredible! Like I just love hearing that. And just for one last question, uh, was the Galapagos Island something that you would recommend to others? And if you had to give it a star rating based on your experience, what would you give it? I would absolutely recommend this for others. It's a trip of a lifetime. It's beautiful. It's 
family-based. It's so cultural. And if I had to rate it, I'd give it five out of five stars because it's just beautiful overall. Yes, well, I definitely am going to have to take a trip there at some point. It sounds incredible based off all the experiences you said you had, based off of all your descriptive words. I'm definitely going to look into that for a family trip. Yeah, you got to put this is like something that people have on their bucket list. It's magnificent there and you won't regret going. I bet your favorite part would be the snorkeling because um, I had a sea turtle come right from below me. It, it was probably like a th a three feet wide and four feet long. It was huge. Wow, that's cool. Like, like I said, that sounds like a very amazing experience. I'd love that. I would love to try it. And for everyone listening, I mean, if you guys are looking for like the perfect trip for your family, if you're looking for maybe just something fun to do for yourself, definitely check this out. Going to the Galapagos Island. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dominic, for speaking with me about your trip. Like I said, I know you enjoyed it. And so I was excited hearing about it. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Have a good night. You too. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Sanders from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Peter Pan and Wendy, and the Galapagos Islands. Now we are going to be listening to Hanadi's interview with the host of The Greatest American Baking Show. How did you prepare for hosting The Great American Baking Show? 
Well, I was a fan of the Great British Bake Off. So the first thing I did was go back and watch some uh, more episodes of the Bake Off to get in the baking tent zone. And then I, like, I don't know, prepared myself to eat a lot of delicious food, (laughs) uh, baked goods. And um, once we got to England, it was really fun to meet all the bakers and meet Paul Hollywood and Prue Leith, who were just icons. And they made us feel at home right away, which was really nice. I I, I also slept a lot because I knew there'd be a time difference. That I didn't want to be jet lagged. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. My next question is from Mr. Cherry. What sets the show apart from different shows or different baking shows? You know, I think I think something in particular that's nice about this show is the the mood, the vibe. It's so pleasant and the bakers are all happy to be there and even though it's a competition, it's not it's not cutthroat. It's it's really fun. It's like highlights the great things about baking and I really enjoyed that. I'm not much of a baker myself, but it was really cool watching people do something that they love and like do it at a high level with other people who are also really good at it. That was amazing. Can you describe the atmosphere on set during filming? Yes, it was such a pleasant atmosphere. It was full of, the tent was full of really charming people. Most of all, Zach and me, just kidding. (laughs) Um, The bakers were all not only geniuses at baking, but also really sweet, friendly people. So the atmosphere was a really nice one. It, always smelled good because they were baking sweet sugar and butter and uh paul and prue again even though on screen maybe they you think oh they're intimidating and they're judges and they have such presence and they're so uh powerful and then and they are but in person they're also very welcoming so it was a really really nice atmosphere the whole crew they've worked together for years on this show on different iterations of the show so everybody was just it was like a family that Zach and I were brought into. Yeah, it felt more like uh, just hanging out than a job, Yeah, for sure. What was your favorite part about working on the show? Working with Ellie really was very, very fun. We got along great, but also tasting the uh, yeah. <laughs> tasting the bakes was amazing. We got to try everything. If you know, we, we didn't have to eat anything, but anything that looked good, we got to take a bite yeah. of. And some of it was delicious, yeah. like things I'd never even heard of before and uh bread week especially was my favorite there were some delicious breads in bread week what was the most challenging part about working on the show the most challenging piece i'll tell you exactly what it was it was interrupting the bakers while they were baking because um that was our job to chat with them and learn about them and make them tell stories while they're in the middle of this really intense uh baking assignment and so that always felt a little bit awkward i think both zach and i felt that where it was like uh Every polite bone in your body is saying, don't interrupt them. They're trying to work. But the show is us. I mean, it isn't only that, but a, a part of the show is us interrupting them. <laughs> that I was can hard. Only imagine how hard that would be. I know. I know. You felt bad. Especially as it got down when there were only like five minutes left and you go over and talk to someone and they're trying to finish their yes. really complicated bake. Yes. Those were the, the hardest times. Yes. Wow, that sounds so bad. Okay, my next question is for Mr. Cherry. How did you interact with the contestants and the judges when filming the show? I just kind of asked them questions and checked in how they were feeling. And 
it it really felt like uh we were kind of just there almost like hosting a dinner party or something yeah you know? like, yeah yeah we were just there to kind of chat and see how things were going and sometimes you know try and bring a, a brighter mood if something wasn't wasn't working out so well but it it really was just a lot of fun I know I keep saying that yeah. to every answer but yeah. it it really was just like it felt like we were just there to kind of spend some time with everyone mm-hmm. can you share any behind the scenes moments when filming or not filming on the show oh during um breaks sometimes you know when they were when the bakers were baking and Paul and Prue and Zach and I had downtime because we weren't involved with the baking I thought it was so lovely to see Prue was out like in a I guess a lawn chair just sort of enjoying the sunshine and reading a book and I thought I can't believe that's Dame Prue and she's just you know un- just not bothering I mean not that she would bother anyone she just took her chair and went out and sat in the sunshine I just wasn't expecting to stumble upon her it was very nice <laughs> how did you balance the seriousness of the competition with the funness or the excitingness of the show well, you know, I kind of tried to just go off of the energy of the bakers because they're the ones who are, you know, under pressure and it's really tense for them. But they all, they seemed so kind of locked in and uh, unshakable that it felt quite easy to kind of balance the competition with with the lightness because everyone was in a good mood, mm-hmm. but also a focused mood. Mm-hmm. So it it... For the most part, I felt like I could kind of just go off of the energy of the contestants. And also they were, you know, they were playful as well. It was, it was a, the balance sort of found itself, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are there any baking techniques you learned while filming the show? Unfortunately, no. And that's through no fault of the bakers. They tried and tried to teach me, but um, I think it is a skill that you certainly can get better at, but you might be born with it. Is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't um I didn't pick up many uh I, I I saw what they were doing. I tried to implement it in my own kitchen and it's not working. So no is the answer. <laughs> I get it. Baking can be pretty hard. It's hard. But what can viewers expect from the first season of the show? I hope they can expect a good time. You know, we had a lot of fun making it. Uh, There was a lot of amazing dishes that were made, both visually and Mm taste-wise. And we tried to have fun while we were doing it. So we hope that kind of comes across when you're watching it. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Sanders from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. 
think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons from Delaware, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Peter Pan and Wendy, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, The Galapagos Islands. Now we will be listening to Hanati's interview with the co-writers, co-directors, and the producer for Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. So I just have a couple questions for all of you guys. Great. So my first question is for Mr. Latcham. What drew you to wanting to bring Dungeons and Dragons to the big screen? You know, for me, it was the opportunity to work with these two guys again. We had made uh, a movie called Spider-Man Homecoming together, which, if you've seen, is a really fun Spider-Man movie. Um, And they had written that movie, and we really hit it off. And they called me and said, we're thinking about making a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And uh, I thought that would be a lot of fun to make it with them, because we have a lot of fun working together. And we get along really well, and I think we complement each other uh, well with our skills. And so it was um, it was a fun opportunity to work together again. How did you balance staying true to the game's roots while making it accessible to a wider audience? Well, it was really important to us that you know people who don't know the game could enjoy the movie. Um, and so we really just kind of went at it and said like, okay, if there's anything here that would be too confusing, if you weren't a player, we're going to take that out. And we're going to make sure that we're just telling a story about some characters who go on an epic journey and have to deal with all kinds of difficult challenges. And it also happens to be in the world of D&D. So if you know that world, you'll appreciate all those monsters and places and spells that come from the game, but you don't have to know them. So you really focus on making it wider but still keeping some of some of the components and pulling new components as well yeah exactly my next question is for mr daly tell us about casting the film and what qualities you were looking for in actors well i mean the casting process was so exciting because we had these these actors that we had in mind when we were when we started the process uh and being able to get many of them was was a dream come true for us We knew as we were putting this group together that we wanted them all to be unique in their own way with a very strong uh, voice that set itself apart from the voices of all the other cast members. And that's kind of how we were able to fall into this cast where 
they are all so different from one another and yet complement each other and provide this uh, very individual perspective uh, on behalf of their, their character and their class and, and, and where their character comes from. So to be able to bring that all together was, was really exciting. And we couldn't have asked for a better group of people to do this film with. Ah, so you wanted someone that was like super different, but also able to connect with other cast members. That's exactly right. Well, my next question is for all of you guys. What were some of the challenges that you may have faced while filming? Um, I think, you know, one of the more obvious challenges was filming during a pandemic. Uh, COVID made things definitely more complicated in terms of scheduling and getting people out in time. Uh, to be able to rehearse, uh, despite having to quarantine and all the testing, obviously, in the masks. Um, but I think the other challenge was making sure that we were telling a story that resonated not only with um, players of the game, but people who had no prior knowledge of D&D. And it was something that we were always cognizant of in the back of our minds every time, every day that we showed up to set, every time that we were filming a scene, we wanted to make sure that A, it was kind of keeping the story going in a way that felt cohesive, and B, that it was never too uh, alienating to people who aren't familiar with D&D. I also think it was a challenge to keep everyone from laughing during the takes, because <laughs> the movie's really funny, and everybody on the crew kept laughing, and John and Jonathan were like, guys, like, you're ruining the takes. Like you got to stop laughing at everything. But I think the actors were all so funny that it just kept like kept happening a lot. And so that was like a real frustration on my part because I got to get everyone to stop laughing so we can use the takes. Can you tell us a little bit about your collaboration with the directors and the cast? And what was your favorite thing about making this? Um, you know, my collaboration with the guys was was really close. We worked really closely together for three years on the movie. And so this Zoom screen with their with their two faces uh, and mine was something that I looked at a lot over the course of the last three years. And we had a really fun time making it. And we had a really great collaboration with the cast. I think everybody showed up really excited about the movie. The screenplay was really good. And so everyone knew what they were doing and knew what their parts were. And I think that all the actors showed up excited to kind of jump into the world. And so overall, it was a really, really fun process, a really fun experience making the movie. My next question is for Mr. Goldstein. You have such a talented and diverse cast. What was your secret for helping them bring their characters to life? Well, it began with the writing of the script. We wanted to make sure that the characters that John and I created were um, relatable and sympathetic and interesting and weird and and not perfect. You know, that was really what it was about because we didn't want them to be superheroes. We wanted them to be people like, you know, you know, who were faced with really big challenges and so that you're rooting for them on their adventure. Um, so that was really, you know, and then the cast, we tried to cast people who were, like you said, different from one another. So it felt like a real Dungeons and Dragons adventuring party where, different people come together from different walks of life. And so that was really the goal there. How did you approach balancing the humor and the action in this film? The, the two kind of went hand in hand very often. Uh, because d always has one foot in the contemporary, because it is an ever-changing, ever-evolving game, uh, depending on who you're playing it with, um, 
it it allowed for this sense of uh, whimsy and comedy and humor uh, to come naturally from the circumstances that our characters were facing. So unlike in other films where the action is is serious and the characters take themselves very seriously, our characters can very honestly comment on whatever's happening to them. So I think uh, it uh, it served almost as this kind of release valve uh, for the sort of pressure that you build up with whatever conflicts our characters are facing. Then you get to have Edgin or whoever our character is tell a joke and say something in the context of how their character would actually react to it that you know allows for catharsis for, for our audience. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with me. Thank you. Thank, thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been previously talking about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Right now, we are going to be listening to Zoe's interview with Diego Tinoco, one of the stars of Night of the Zodiac. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Uh, I love that Knights of the Zodiac is basically about finding your destiny mm -hmm. and about doing the right thing, even though it could be kind of hard. And I think that's a, a theme that lots of teens can relate to. So mm -hmm. how do you think that this film will talk to audiences? You know, I think the message that I really hope that everybody, but especially the youth, take from this movie is that you can create your own destiny. You can be who you want to be in this world. It's not going to be easy. It might be really hard. It probably is going to be really hard, right? But every day you have a choice and you have to choose who you want to be in this world every single day. Absolutely. And I also love that video games tend to be violent, tiene sangre, but here they don't. And I love that all the scenes, even the violent ones, are beautifully choreographed. Yeah. Um, so do you think that this film was a little bit more physically demanding than what you had thought? And how was it filming in Budapest? Yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, this movie, uh, the violence, I feel like it's, it's at the perfect medium for children, for, you know, adults, para la abuelita y la abuelito, para todos. Um, filming this movie was such an experience. I mean, the action speaks for itself, but truly we owe it all to uh, Andy Chang, who did, uh, you know, he did Marvel's Legend of the Ten Rings. He did, uh, you know, various movies with uh, Jackie Chan. So, honestly, all the choreography, we owe it to him and we owe it to our director, uh, Tomek Buginski. Absolutely. And I also love that Latinos are kind of represented. There's lots of cultural mix. And you come from California, but you have this yeah. beautiful mix of Ecuadorian and Mexicano, Colombiano. Right. Yeah. So, um, what type of Latino actors really inspire you and that you feel connected to? Mm, the one, I'm going to be honest with you, the one that really did it for me. The first time where I rushed to the theater where I was like, I have to go watch this actor on screen. I got to go support was uh, Edgar Ramirez in Hands of Stone. I had seen him in a movie called uh, Point Break, which is with, it was a 2015 remake of the original one with Keanu Reeves. But I saw him in Point Break. I did some research. I was like, who is this guy? He kind of, you know, he's kind of talking like, like, like a Latino. Let, let me find out more. Very interesting guy. Speaks like 20 different languages. Pero es venezolano. Latino, tú también. Oh, okay, let's go, Venezuela. Uh, pero he was one of the first actors when I saw him in, in that movie. I rushed, and I still I still rush to the theater to, and Netflix to go see all of his work. But uh, that's that's one of my idols, Edgar Ramirez. Sí, me encanta que now Latinos are slowly more and more being presented, mm -hmm. and we're seeing more of them, and I think that's beautiful. And you have a lot of fans in South America, but what are you a big fan of? 
what am I a big fan of? It's <sighs> a great question. Uh, hmm. What am I a big fan of? Good food, good times, good people. And uh, let's see, I think one of the things that I, I, I have uh, the most, you know, art of in my house, probably like Dragon Ball Z art. You know, I got like statues of Goku and Vegeta, Gogeta, you know, everybody. Um, Dragon Ball Z. So were you familiar with manga before you came into this project at all, or more anime? No, I wasn't too familiar with this manga. I was familiar with, uh, like I said, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, but I was aware of the impact that anime had on culture, right? These aren't just beautiful drawings and, and you know, a story portrayed on TV. These are characters who each represent a story. They each carry very inspiring messages. And I think our movie here, the message that it carries is, uh, like I said, create your own destiny. Tú puedes ser quien tú quieres ser en esta vida, pero tienes que echar ganas. And uh, it's a message I'll always encourage to, to all my Latinos, especialmente todos los jóvenes. And, uh, you know, I think we're making, uh, I think we're making, uh, I think we're making waves. I think we're making, uh, you know, we're making progression in, in this industry. And in time, in the next 10 years, I want to see, I want to see studio execs who are Latino. I want to see more directors like Guillermo del Toro, who are Latino. And then uh, I want to see more, you know, badass characters that are Latino. Absolutely. Que bueno. Muchas gracias. And I had a blast and huge congrats on the film. Bye, boys. Muchas gracias, Mia. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV show, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kiss First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Again, I'm Tian Sermons from Delaware, reporting for Kiss First. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.